Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another live session on Facebook. So we're going to just hang around a little bit while waiting for everybody and anyone who wants to join us for this live session to come on board, right? And the good news is today is the week of the school holidays. <laughs> so those of you who are parents, maybe also good news for you because you're going to find a way to entertain your kids or to keep them occupied while you are busy with your work. Uh, but good news for our educators because then they get a break. Right from a really, I think it was I. I've heard from some of my educator friends that it's been a really hectic first quarter for them. So, I think it's a good breather for our educator friends. You know, during this this one week to just take a breather, just catch up on their self care. You know, and just catch up on just you know maybe time with family and friends and, and a lot of other things that perhaps they want to do. Right. So interestingly, also today is the session where we'll be talking about psychological well-being for the educators or for the people in schools. Right. So the people that we kind of will be sharing a little bit on uh, with regards to taking care of their psychological well-being is in terms of the staff in the schools. So when we say staff, actually, there are typically two groups of staff, right? One is the teaching staff and the other is the non-teaching staff, right? And all these uh, people have an impact uh, in how the school culture is, in how uh, the, the well-being overall in school is because they have to interact with each other and they also have to interact with the next group of people in, in, in the schools is the students, right? Um, even though you can say, oh, non-teaching staff interact as much, but there will be definitely some point where they have to interact with the students. And on top of the interaction with students, they will also then interact with another group of people who are kind of related to the schools, are uh, the parents, right? Because how can you have students without the parents, right? So the teachers, the, te the teaching staff and the non-teaching staff will also have to interact with the parents. So these are three kind of like three large groups of uh, people that we'll be talking and sharing about in today's session with regards to psychological well-being in schools. So I won't be talking on my own because it's really boring to just hear my voice the whole time. I'm going to bring on board my good friend, uh, Mr. Kenneth Ng. Right? He has been a part of this series for the past two episodes and he will be joining back this episode and then the next two episodes as well. So if you can, and if you're watching us, please entertain us and just put your hands together and welcome Kenneth into the session. Hello, Kenneth. Hello. Hello. Great <laughs> Hello. to see you again. Yes, right. Yeah. So, um, I think we mentioned before that Kenneth, you are also an educator. Yeah, I now was now. I'm now I'm an adjunct. Mm. Yeah, so I'm yeah, an adjunct a in a secondary school. Yeah, yeah. There's a joke from another uh, friend <laughs> in in school, uh, who said that oh, adjunct teachers adjunct. <laughs> so I'm um, like, mm, okay, I'm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so <laughs> sure about that. I don't know if they add junk or they help you relieve your junk, but okay, Ken. Oh, right, so, uh, junk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how, how you want to interpret it, right? Yeah. So, so, so are, are you like taking this opportunity for this one week to kind of like rest uh, from uh, the work that you've been doing? Yes, yes, very much so. I think this uh, week, even as an adjunct teacher, I think this week is really very important, right? So, yeah, so I cannot imagine for all the other full-time teachers. I, I think they are doing so much more things, you know, right? So they are teaching, they are, like, doing other... Uh, they are involved in community work, they are involved in 
uh, CCAs that involved in, involved in projects, right? So they are, they are doing a lot more work than me. So I think as an adjunct teacher, I already feel the heat of the school term. I think it's really quite busy, and especially when you need to teach uh, the whole class, right? I mean, of course, I do get the benefit of teaching like half a class for like one of my classes, right? But uh, that, that itself is already quite tiring, right? So what more about these uh, full-time teachers? Yeah, so for myself, I think this one week holiday is really quite important. Uh, it's for me to catch up with my own things. It's for my own me time. Um, yeah, and it's really for me to recuperate before, you know, moving on to term two. Um, yeah, I think it's also for me to tidy up my thoughts about certain things as well. You know, when we need to plan for life, right? Uh, uh, life purpose, you know. Uh, yeah, so what's the purpose of life? What's the, the narrative of money and whatnot? Yeah, so I think this kind of holidays are good. So it keeps you in check. It, it, uh, it, it allows you to contemplate about bigger things in life than just work and money and yeah, nothing else. Yeah. Wow. All the existential questions. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> of life, narrative about money. I think those are like really huge topics that we, if we have the opportunity, let's have a conversation about those separately from, from the topic today. Um, yeah. and, and those of you who are tuning in, hi, if you're just joining us, uh, we will be jumping straight into the conversations in a bit. Um, and really, we do welcome your questions because it's really boring just having the two of us converse because we know each other for quite a while so whatever questions we're going to ask each other actually we asked before already right so it would be nice if you know the audience yourself if you're watching and you're tuning in uh fire away your questions to us right so that we can also know like what's on your mind what are the things that you might be curious about you know what are the things that you might be concerned with uh and in today's topic is with regards to psychological well-being in school and it's a really huge topic in this past um few months or so simply because of the COVID and when home-based learning started I think a lot of teachers were uh, really caught off guard in a way to like, scramble and get the work sorted out so that they can share with the students and I don't think it's just the, the teaching staff right also the non-teaching staff you know how do they uh, coordinate operational the operationally things happening in school you know uh, do the staff come to school do they do split team and all those kind of conversations all started to happen uh, so there's there's a lot of things happening and I think teachers being teachers and you know educators being educators they really have a very huge heart and very big generosity of how do I support my students right so a lot of the time and effort and energy actually spent on now how do I make my lessons engaging online and all these then affected their psychological well-being and because they are concerned about their students psychological well-being so I think these two cannot be kind of like taken apart they are very uh, strongly interweaved and of course I think because of home-based learning I think all of us suddenly become even more aware right that it's not just a teacher and student relationship the family or the parents also come on board as part of that triangle, that tripartite of having to create a, a conducive environment for, for the students to be able to learn better, uh, be in a psychologically safe space and, and being well. So everybody kind of now, it, it becomes more enmeshed, right? So I think just, just for today's conversation, to, to just make it easier for us, and again, I'm going to invite whoever that's watching, please do jump in at any point in time. Just ask us your questions, right? Because it will really be very helpful to hear from you. We will just start by this question saying, you know, what is the impact 
of being psychologically unwell in schools. I just want to invite Kenneth to, to, to share your perspective because you work in a school. You, I believe you also have clients in your counselling uh, work that are also from the school uh, background. Either they are educators or they may be students or parents. So, so I think you have a lot of perspectives to share with regard to this question. Right. Okay, so uh, I, I feel that when we answer this, or rather uh, try to look at this question, right, uh, we've got to look at a more ecological perspective uh, because of the interconnection between uh, different groups of people uh, in school. So, I mean, when we talk about different groups of people in school, we are not just talking about students, we are not just talking about uh, teachers, we are also talking about SWOs. I think the new post that uh, MOE got in, right, created is this SWO school welfare officer. I mean, I think they are also very much involved with kids. Uh, LBS, uh, so they have this. Uh, a group of teachers who actually deal with uh, special needs students, mm. right? And then of course, we have our school counsellors as well, right? Um, and of course, we are not just talking about these people who are working more directly with school, but what about uh, the, the admin staff? Uh, what about the parents who are, uh, I would say, indirectly involved, maybe? I don't know. Or some parents are very directly involved in uh, the school the, the students' well-being in school as well. So yeah, the school, the, as in the parents, cannot be left out in the picture. Uh, all the SWO, school counsellors, LDS, they cannot, left, cannot be left out in the picture, right? And then of course, we have the two main bulk of uh, people, uh, the students and the teachers, right? Yeah, so uh, when it comes to this, this particular question, I think it becomes a very big scope that we would have to talk about because it's not just about the teachers and students right but of course the main stakeholders would be the main uh players la, right in school and and if you talk about uh teachers being psychologically unwell right then then the students will be will be impacted because the teachers will not be able to uh, deliver what they need to deliver right and so if they cannot deliver what they need to deliver then uh, the students would probably have a more uh, unpleasant experience in school, right? Mm. Yeah. So of course, uh, sometimes students do create, uh, or rather do contribute to how teachers, you know, uh, or rather contribute to uh, the kind of well-being that that teachers may have, right? So mm. we'll talk about how how teachers can care for themselves later, uh, but mm. it's really very much interlinked. Right, and if teachers don't, uh, if they are unwell psychologically, students somehow they will not be able to perform perform as well. If students are unwell uh, psychologically, they may not be able to receive what the teacher is trying uh, to give them mm. to. Right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so, if students are affected, parents may be affected as well. And if mm. parents are affected, these students will also be affected. So it's it's really quite a, a, a complex network, right? It's, yeah. it's really like a system, uh, system yeah. where each particular uh, agency would actually affect the other agency kind of thing, right? Mm. Yeah. So so yeah. So when we talk about being psychologically unwell, we really really need to look at a more ecological point of view. Right, uh, 
or rather ecological ecological systems point of view. I'm stamming a lot today. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and uh, so as to look at the impact uh, that each of these systems would experience and how they actually interact with one another. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. I think I, I, I'm currently reading up a little bit more uh, with regards to like being well. Uh, so one of the books that I'm reading is called How to Be a Well-Being. Uh, oh, and it, I think I just, yeah, yeah I just, okay. I just read a, yeah, I just read a chapter about, uh, about how the energy from one person flows to another person. Mm. Right. So if, if I, if I'm in a, so a very simple thing about like, if I smile, and then I just meet, I interact with, let's say, a few people, right? And then because I smile at them, right? And then they will, that, that smile somehow gets that gets passed on to them, right? And apparently there's percentage, right? There's a research. So apparently, like, if people who directly interact with me, I pass on 16% of my whatever energy. So whether it's positive or negative energy, right? I pass on 16% to them, right? Then from them, then it gets passed on about 10%. And then from the, that, that next layer, right, it gets passed on another 6%, right? So I can imagine like in a school context, uh, uh, when a teacher interacts with the students, so let's say a class has about 40 students, right? I, I will pass on, let's say I'm feeling great today. I'm full of energy. I'm very positive. I'm very happy, you know, because maybe, I don't know, so some, for some teachers are really like soccer fans. Maybe last night Liverpool won or Manchester United won. Then what, they came into class and they're like all pumped up. And then, like that energy gets passed on to the class, like that 40 students, uh, the 16%, right? And then they will go back home and then the parents get perhaps impacted maybe about 10%. Then the parents go to work, right? And then the, their, their colleagues maybe get impacted by about 6%. Something along those lines. Lah. So that's what I'm trying to like, understand from what I just read. And I thought this was really uh, really quite apt as you were talking about, you know, how, how this, this ripple effect of, of just uh, how being psychologically unwell or psychologically well uh, kind of will impact uh, each other in the school setting, right? So perhaps then it will be a good time for us to then start talking a bit deeper, right? Into like what, what can staff do? So when we talk about staff again, we mentioned that there's teaching staff, there's non-teaching staff, right? What can staff do to care for themselves so that they are psychologically well? That when they interact with their students, they interact with their colleagues, um, you know, they, 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 that ripple effect is not too detrimental. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I think staff can do many things to care for themselves. So I have colleagues who go for shopping trips, right? So they like to shop a lot. They will, they will tell me that, you know, um, I have earned a lot of money. I mean, I have earned money, so uh, that's the reason why I need why I earn money. So I will go for a shopping trip. Uh, yeah, so I earn money to spend. I earn money to go for shopping. You know, I earn money to take care of myself, right? Yeah. So, uh, so this group of uh, teachers, they, uh, after a hard day's work, they will tend to go for shopping trips. Uh, they will go for high tea, right? Uh, not those, uh, of course, not not those very extravagant kind of high tea, but you know, just normal kind of high tea, just to get away from work, just to chill a little bit over a cup of coffee, some snacks, and then chit chat. Yeah, so I, I thought that is something which is really very nice for them to uh, 
take care of themselves because that's part of a me time, right? Yeah, that's part of enjoying life despite having mm. uh, ha- having had a very hard day at work or a lousy day at work, right? Or a very busy day at work, right? So I think that's one way uh, teachers uh, do to take care of themselves, right? Yeah. Um, so for the... for Teachers who like to exercise more, um, I do see uh, them gathering together to go for ball games, mm. uh, badminton games, right? Uh, just go for a run, right? Yeah, so I think uh, yoga as well. I think there are some teachers who are quite involved in yoga as well, right? Yeah, so uh, again, uh, I think exercise is good because it produces uh happy hormones in your mind in your brain right so it makes it it makes you feel good after that so it relaxes you after a hard day's work so on on, on contrary where on the contrary where people actually say uh that you know after work you should just feel so tired and you just don't feel like doing anything at all i think i feel that Uh, but sometimes if you're disciplined enough just to go for a walk or it's just a slow slow jog for about five to ten minutes, or just to walk around the neighborhood, I, I think you get that fresh breath of air, uh, and it's uh, more cooling, I guess. It's cooler in the evening, cooler at night, right? So when you go for walks, when you go for a slow jog, I, I think you feel more refreshed after that, right? Um, yeah, and psychologically, I think you will feel better as well even though it could have been a very lousy day for you, right? Mm. So I think it's just about being uh, being committed to your own well-being, right? Just to take that step, that very difficult step to get out of your house just to go for a slow jog or just go for a walk uh, with your loved ones or with your dog, with your pet. If you have a pet parrot, let it sit on your shoulder, that kind of thing, and go, you know? Right? I think it's, <laughs> it's really quite nice. But uh, of course, some some teachers resort to the company of pets as well. And I think that's also really great. I mean, if you like pets, do keep a hamster, do keep a rabbit, do keep a dog, do keep a chinchilla or whatever. You know, that's that's also really really fantastic, right? So I think mm. these are things, uh, practical things that teachers can do. Or uh, uh, so when I say teachers, I think it includes the LBS, the SWOs, and school counselors. All right, uh, it's just. You know, it's just easier to just say, you know, teachers in general or, yeah, or staff, uh, uh, because I think school counselors, SWOs, LBS, I think they are all, uh, uh, I, w- I would call them educators as well because they teach mm. students in uh, different things, like, I would say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it includes all these uh, school staff too, right? Uh, yeah. So if they can just go out and, and relax and chill a little bit, do something practical to keep themselves or rather pull themselves away from the you know hustle and bustle of daily life you know and, mm. and give themselves that kind of space to recuperate to rejuvenate i think that that would be fantastic right so these are just some practical things that teachers can do uh but but i guess uh because i think i also mentioned just now that sometimes students do give teachers quite a fair bit of issues as well and that can <laughs> actually compromise our mental health if we take it very personally, mm. right? So I think two advice is that, you know, uh, we, we try as much as possible to build that positive relationships with students as much as we can, right? As mm. much as we can. I mean, of course, mm. uh, 
we can we do can I mean we do have our own personalities, right? We do have our own yeah. personal styles in teaching and whatnot. But as much as possible, we 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 try to build that that positive relationship with our students in 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 ways that are ethical, in ways that you can, right? In ways mm. that suit your persona, right? So at, so when you when you learn or rather when you build that that positive relationships with your students, right? Then you you get less stressful about it because I think students would listen to you more, uh, students would respond to you more, students would respect you more as well. So they would be less uh, mischievous, be less playful and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, I mean, students being students, whether you're teaching in primary school or whether you're t- teaching in secondary school, I, I guess the main fundamental is that students want your attention. Students yeah. want to be... Uh, loved by you as well to give uh, for you to give them the attention as well i think no students would just come to school and say i want to i want to fail or yeah i mean i mean no students would say that even though sometimes we do feel that hey these students just want to come to school and fail Mm. and set themselves up for failure but i think innately if you were to question us as human as a human uh uh, species right i think none of us fundamentally want to fail none of us mm. right so likewise for these students as well, i think i don't think they want to fail but because of circumstances that they are in uh or the developmental uh, uh crisis that they are in or developmental challenges that they are in it makes it seem that they just want to come to school school to set themselves up for failure mm. but like i say the fundamental is that i don't think they want that to happen to themselves too i think they want to succeed as well they want to be praised as well they want to be encouraged mm. to be loved as well Right, so mm-hmm. I think if you are able to understand this fundamental, then then we will try to be more compassionate to these students, lah. Especially students who who have a lot of family uh, problems, you know, yeah. of a problem problem family background, you know. So if yeah. they if they if they face problems uh, in the family, right, yeah. um, then I guess what we can do is to really give them that compassion uh, and not to mm. continue to hurt them and whatnot. Because then uh, how are we different from yep. uh, the problem, you know? Then we are like another problem as well, you know, yeah. these students. Right? So I think we want to create that trust between, uh, that trust and that bond between the teachers and students, right? Mm. So, uh, and the only way to look at these, I would term it, I would term it naughty children, is that these children actually need a lot of our guidance. These children need yeah. a lot, a lot of our love and attention, right? Uh, and I think on, for that, I think we, if we can give them that mindful compassion, right, to these students and to be mindful on our own personal emotions when we deal with them, right, to constantly yeah. remind our, ourselves not to get angry with them, not to get personal with them, then I guess, I guess it, it helps to keep us more sane in that sense. You know, mm. I mean, I I teach. I personally teach normal technical students. I've I've got this class now that's giving me so much, so much heartache, <laughs> and I'm stubbing my energy so much. But every time I go in, you've got to you've got to be very mindful to tell yourself that hey, these kids actually need help. You know, yeah. yes, they can be really a handful, but once once you really shout at them and you destroy that teacher student relationship, you will never be able to help them. You become their problem. They become your problem too. You know, mm. and then then ultimately your psychological well-being is being compromised, and their psychological well-being is being compromised. It's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. 
isn't it? Yeah. So I, yeah. I think ulti- ultimately you want to help these students and be to give that mindful compassion to them and not to, and, and not to take things too personally. Yeah. Right. And after that, yeah. that, that tiring class, that energy sapping session with them, <laughs> after that, just go to the salon and tell yourself, good job. You know, you have survived that class and you have done good for them and you have done good to them. No matter how how much that, that effort will have created that impact on them, it doesn't matter. As long as you you give that mindful compassion and that that uh, attention and the care and concern for them, no matter how successful it is, even if it's just 1% success, success, tell yourself you've done a good job because that 1% success will have impacted them a little bit and it's cumulative. So mm-hmm. now you don't see the impact. After four years, I don't think you will never see that impact. Um, yeah, so my experience tell me that, you know, in during the secondary school days, you may not see the impact, but after they graduate, when they come back, you always see that they have grown up so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So 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 I, I absolutely agree with you, okay, Kenneth. I think in, in yeah. my career <laughs> of interacting with students, I, I, I interact with like a variety of students and I also interact with a lot of the teachers, right? Because when we liars for the student programs, you get a chance to interact with the teachers as well. And then I also do teachers training. Um and I find that you know sometimes when I meet the teachers, they're so drained. Like it's like I'm so glad it's the end of the day, you know, that kind of like a sigh of relief kind of situation. <clears throat> and I usually tell them, you know, H, let, uh, you know is there, is there an, a pocket of time where you can take, you know, just for yourself to decompress, right? I think the word is to decompress. And I think a lot of teachers are unaware that what they are doing in class is what we would call holding space, right? I think mm. in, in, counts, in, the counseling, in the counseling work, you probably hear that a lot because that's what you do in your, in your counseling room uh, to hold space for the client or to hold space for whoever that's in the room to, to allow them to, for them to decompress, right? So whatever energies that they are carrying with them, they will then transfer it consciously, unconsciously to you and then they feel better. Right. So so you can I can only imagine like in the classroom, right, where where you have like 30, 40 kids. And all of them actually need a space to decompress because whatever they're experiencing at home, whatever they're experiencing in their personal lives, you know. And when I say personal lives, it includes their academic work. So some of them might not be doing so well. They might be stressed from that. Some of them might not be doing so well in terms of their relationships, like their interpersonal relationships with friends, with family. And that kind of like bothers them. They might not say it. They might not be conscious about it, but it bothers them. So when they come into the classroom, you know, it, where else can it kind of like go? Where does the energy go? Right? So then it goes out to the teacher, lah, you know, for whatever reason. And then poor teacher, you have to absorb Maybe not all 30 or 40 kids, but really at least 50% of them, right? And and that's the moment where you're like, oh, yeah, and you don't even know what hit you sometimes. Right. So so I think that's that's the 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 thing about being an educator. And I think what happens in the classroom, once you step out of the classroom, sometimes you bring it along with you uh to wherever. It could be back to the staff room, it could be to the general office, and therefore it back impacts. Home. Back home, yeah, exactly, yeah. right, and it impacts the next group of people that you interact with, right? It could be your colleagues who are the teaching staff, it could be your colleagues who are the non-teaching staff, and the non-teaching staff themselves also have their own 
oh my goodness, their own set of challenges administratively, right? It could be like collection of school fees and parents don't pay on time for whatever reason. So I'm not blaming parents, right? And I'm just saying it just happens, right? And, and then it could be other administrative kind of work. It could be liasing with HQ, a new directive just came down uh, and a lot of all these things. So so every everywhere something is happening, everywhere some energy is is sparking off right for the lack of a better way of describing it like sparking off it can be sparking off positivity it can be sparking off negativity right when we regardless of what it is we get we get impacted and this is not something we can control right and so it's interesting like how you say you know to to decompress some of your, your colleagues you know they go shopping they go high tea they go play sports um or they just go take a walk in the park i think i know some teachers who and not just teachers but just any any staff they will go for like uh they will do art They'll paint, right? I think some of some I know some of them who read a book to decompress, and the book's not related to any nothing related to work, right? It could be a fiction book, it could be something an area of their interest or passion, uh, to help them decompress. Uh, some of them play games, right? Or I've seen like like computer games to decompress. Um, so so and then some people just have a quiet moment, right? They just sit back, relax, you know, just have a conversation with their spouse or with their with their family and then they wind off for the day so so i think regardless of how or what you choose um really be aware or mindful as what what can i say be mindful and be compassionate to yourself at the end of the day when you're decompressing when you're giving yourself that winding down time to just say i think i've done my best today and if and the thing is, our minds will go crazy. Our minds will go into no lah. We got to do your best. You know, you could, you have done all. You could have done better. Our mind go into a negative bias. So instead of allowing our minds to go to that negative bias, is to really be very conscious and aware to say, hey, it's okay. You know, whatever has happened today, whatever that's happened today, uh, have I given my hundred percent? Yeah. Uh. So 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 you know. Let me let me rest, let me recharge so that I can give my 100% tomorrow. Even though the 100% tomorrow might look the same as today because it's going to be as tiring. I'm going to see that class again. I'm going to see that colleague again. Um, but am I going to give my 100%? And I, I, I want to. Right. So I think it's, it's really allowing yourself to that time and space to say, I've done well. No, I, I not not perfect. So that's the difference. It, it's not that I've done perfect today. I've done well. I've done my best. Uh, and tomorrow's a new day. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna use this moment to recharge, reset. Right. Even if it's just for five, ten minutes, just don't look at my phone and my digital devices. Just take time off to allow my mind to reboot. Right. So that that. Today, tomorrow will be a better day, right? So I think the, these are just like what Kenneth was mentioning about being really um, conscious about it, deliberate about it as well, and and allowing us to just say we've done we've done what we can, right? Yeah. So 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 even even though we want to do that, like as as educators, we want to do that. Then you know how how about our students? How can they care for themselves? Because they, they are younger, right? They are younger, so they might not have the strategies or they know that actually I'm I'm going through quite a bit. So how, how do they care for themselves? That's right. Um, so I guess for, uh, if, if you talk about primary school students, P1 to P3, uh, of course they're still being kept for by, by their 
um, parents, right? And they may not really know how they can care for themselves, right? Um, so let's just leave uh, that group aside for a while. Of course, they will still, they will, there are certain things whereby we will be able to tell them what they can do, all right? Uh, but let's just move up the age group first before we talk about the, the lower age group. Okay, mm. right. So if we talk about JC students, poly students, um, secondary school students, right, um, or even upper primary school students, I think they have already got that mental capacity to be able to look at how they can care for themselves a bit more, right. Mm. Uh, so I think one one way that they can care for themselves is that uh, they can have private conversations with their teacher about the kind of stress level that they have uh, in school, mm. right? So every, every student, they learn at different pace, <clears throat> even though we are being put in the same class or in the same stream, right? But being in the same class and being in the same stream doesn't mean that we would think the same or we would learn the same and or we would progress mm. the same. Right. So I think that is something that students need to understand. And I think that's also what teachers need to understand as well. Right. Mm. Uh, so what um, so what students can do if they feel stress about school life is that uh, especially in the in, in the area of academic uh, subjects and yeah, or CCA or anything like that, then I think it is good that they learn how to approach a teacher uh, that they can talk to, mm. right? Yeah, of course, I mean, students being students, we do have our own likes and dislikes of our teachers, isn't it? I mean, when I was younger, <laughs> I do like some teachers, I don't like some teachers. But I'm saying yeah. that, you know, you look for a teacher whom you can relate to, right? And talk to them about your stresses in school. If that doesn't work, go to the school counselor. Go to the go to the school welfare officer and talk about such things. Anyone, you know, that you can trust. Anyone that the the the, the students can actually feel comfortable talking to. Go to them mm. and talk about it. Right. So I think this is one big way uh, that students uh, can care for themselves. Mm. Right. So for the P3, uh, P1s with P3, um, of course, I think the main people that they can go to, usually not the teachers. I think this group of students, they are, they are a little bit different in terms of uh, developmental, uh, uh, the, in terms of their development, development, right? I think they would mm. tend to go back to their parents a lot more. Even, even the upper, highest, uh, upper primary school students, right? Right, so they would still tend to go back to their parents more, unless their parents are actually not very not very present in their life. There would mm. then be other adults in in this children's life that they can turn to. For example, their grandparents, their mm. aunties, uncles, right? Yeah. So if really, if really we really don't have, then I guess the teachers would have to keep an eye. On these students, so that you know, you teach these students to go to them when they mm. feel stressed with school, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think one one big thing is that students must learn how to approach a trust a trusted adult, right, mm. uh, or significant adult in their life to talk mm. about issues and mm. not just to remain silent about it, right? Of course, uh, uh. 
they may tell their friends, right? Of course, if they are friends of the same age, you know, if they can actually give them uh, good advice, then I think that's not an issue. But but of course, I would reserve that a little bit because they are of the same age. They might be f- facing their own developmental crisis, developmental issues, task challenges as well, mm. right? And they and these friends may not be in the best position to advise uh, them lah, in that sense, yeah. right? So do I mean, of course, friends do serve a very good support network. Continue yeah. with that. I think that is good. Right. And of course, that is one of the developmental tasks that, that teenagers or even young adults need to go through, right? Is to yeah. get into a group and create that group identity in that sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that group identity serves as a good support network for, for students. Right. So do talk to your friends. Do talk, uh, to a, a significant adult in school, a teacher or uh, a relative that, that, that the, the person can actually, I mean, the student can actually relate well with, right? Mm. So I think I think that's one. That's one uh, big area that students need to learn mm. uh, how to tap on a significant people, adults, to mm. care for themselves. So that's mm. one. Uh, second, second, second one is that uh, they need to identify... Uh, challenges in school so of course just now what we are what we were talking about is more of the academics area mm. right how about bullying in school ah, what about yeah what okay. about a uh, name so is name calling considered bullying does it need to be physical in order to be termed as bullying right mm. what about i am standing at a difference but i'm staring at you is that considered bullying you know what about catfishing what about online online uh, uh, fake accounts and then tricking these students into silly uh, actions and foolish actions, right? Right. Mm. So they become the victims of all these uh, bullies, right? So students need to learn how to identify uh, such challenges in school and whether they are facing these kind of challenges. And if they are, again, seek help. And mm. this is one way uh, they can uh, care for themselves as well, right? Uh, again, things like self-image, you know, where I, so every, almost every, every student now has an Instagram account looking at different, different images, you know, that tempts them to think that, oh, this is the kind of lifestyle that we want, that I want, you know, can I actually be like that? Can I be this person? Well, on one hand, that serves as a motivation for them. On the other hand, the double-edged sword is that you, you start to get very obsessed with certain image and, and then it becomes unhealthy after a while. So I think students need also to learn how to catch themselves on such things, right, in order to care for themselves, mm. right? And parents and teachers would serve as important support system to teach these students how to catch themselves when they are tempted by such things online or mm. when they are being bullied so that they can identify that, hey, I'm actually being bullied. I need to talk to somebody about this, right? Or I'm getting very stressed with my subjects and I, I'm not really learning in class because teacher is using this particular method and doesn't work well on me. Can I tell my teacher about this? Maybe I don't dare to say it, right? Right. So I think they need to identify these challenges that they have and be able to tell a significant adult about such challenges that they are facing in school. So that, I think that's one major thing, uh, one major area that they can do to learn how to 
care for themselves. That's mm. one, that's one part, one big part. Mm. Uh, of course, the other big part, uh, the, the other part is that you know, uh, students need to learn how to sleep a bit earlier. You know, <laughs> right? So I always tell my, I always tell my 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 teenagers that hey, look, if you don't if you don't sleep early, you're gonna look as old as me. I, I think I look even younger than you are. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think sleeping, having a good, a, a proper, a balanced diet, some exercises, right? Um, in fact, too much exercise for teenagers may not be too good as well because they tend to feel very tired and they tend to sleep in class, mm. right? So, uh, yeah, so too much exercise or too much activities for them may have uh, a, a more detrimental effect, in fact, on their academic subjects. So, I mean, I've got students who are very athletic Right, and so they train really very hard. But you can mm. see that they their body crash after like uh, two days of very very in, intense training. So the rest of the days they're having muscle aches, they're having soreness, they're tired, uh, and they cannot concentrate in class. Mm. You see, and they fall asleep in class. They get rowdy in class. They get frustrated easily. They get annoyed easily because of all the cortisol and adrenaline in the in, in the brain. And so they cannot. Uh, have a peaceful mind to learn in class, mm. right? So they can become annoyed. So they become very irritable in class. So what do they do? They sleep rather than be engaged in class, right? And they, in the first place, they don't have any energy, right? So I think it's about being balanced, being, trying to be as balanced as they can. As uh, I, I think for children, they have a bit more uh, uh, gripped by their parents. So I'm not too concerned about that. But I mean, for, for teenagers, for, uh, for, for A-level students, or for even polytechnic students, right, tertiary education students, I think they need to learn how to balance a little bit more. Because I think a lot of them, they tend to sleep very, very late. Uh, they don't have a balanced diet. They, they like to eat instant noodles. How is this? Don't trust Coca. Okay, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Okay, but I mean, Coca is supposed to be the best uh, is it the best? I don't know. It's supposed to be one of the, the healthier choices. Coca right? is but, Ah, But I mean, of course, I do take Coca as well. Sorry, Coca. But, <laughs> I mean, I like Coca too. But it's just that, you know, we try not to eat so much. We try to have at least some balance. Uh, if you want to have Coca, then make sure you eat fruits too. If you want to have Coca, make sure you have some vegetables in front of you. So have a more balanced diet. I think it's not about whether that instant noodles is good for you or not but have a more balanced diet have fruits as well have vegetables as well you know have good drinks too not not alcohol but good drinks like serving milk milk you know and, and whatnot yeah yeah so have a more balanced lifestyle i think ch children teenagers young adults they need to learn how to be more balanced in life because i i, I think there's so, so just so much stimulus these days yeah. Right, and I think it's good to slow down a little bit, to calm our senses, calm our senses a little bit, and to you know think about having a more balanced life, to to go a longer way. Yeah. yeah. So I think these are ways that that again, you know, students can uh care for themselves. Ah, and and yeah, it just reminds me of something that you know, and don't don't listen to society too much too. If society is not perfect, then don't listen to them too much as well because uh the the idea of perfectionism the idea of you must be always be engaged in something in order to be seen as somebody who is who, who is useful who is worthy who is uh what other words do they describe them right who is like you know not 
lazy, lazy, successful, not lazing around, right? Sometimes we really, really want to really look at that notion because I think these set of notions are also the same set of notions. I mean, of course, these set of notions can motivate people to strive for excellence. But I mean, these same set of notions and ideals or beliefs are the same set of notions, ideals and beliefs that could actually have that very detrimental impact on on their psychological health and well-being. Yeah. Right. So I think we want to slow down a little bit and really look at these things because a lot of young adults that, that, that I counsel, they are facing immense stress because of all these sets of ideas and belief systems that they, that they have harbored or that they have, you know, start to believe in through their experiences, through school life, through different experiences in schools and whatnot. Yeah. So we want to slow down a little bit to relook at these notions and don't listen to society too much. Slow down first. Look at the society. Look at myself. Look at my experiences. Come up with a more balanced viewpoint before you make a more mindful decision about something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nicely said. I think mm. ma- mainly it's really about that awareness. So, you know, those of you who might be listening in, whether you're the educators or your parents or you, you're the students yourself, right? Um, really, really take this opportunity to, to understand yourself better, right? Like what works for you, what doesn't work for you, right? And not allow like what Kenneth mentioned to that society is the one that tells you what works for you, right? So I, I, I know of some youth who, who really enjoy drawing, right? It doesn't have to be perfect kind of drawing, but they just enjoy doodling, right? Uh, and they find that actually very relaxing for them. So if, if that if that works for you, regardless of what society might tell you, that if your parents see you do it, they might tell you that oh, yeah, I know what is this? You cannot earn you money, one, or you know that kind of that kind of statements come out. Like how many artists are really, really, you know, very, very well to do? And actually, most of the artists is only until they pass on, then their works of art becomes <laughs> becomes famous, right? About their life actually not worth very much so so you know but you it's not so much about using that as a form of uh or means of earning but more as a as a means of allowing yourself to relax allowing yourself to calm down right so similarly you know so, so i think what cannot mentioned earlier about those of us who play sports and sometimes because we're so passionate about the sports, we just overdo it. Like we go for training two, three times a week. And then, yeah, we do get fatigued. We do get tired. Um, not, not necessarily like, like physically entirely fatigued, but like certain muscles in our bodies are fatigued uh, or we don't have enough sleep. So actually some of the things are very essential and very basic. We've been taught this actually from like a really, really young age about like having enough sleep, eight hours of sleep, right? Anything less would be maybe about six hours of sleep but shouldn't be anything less than six, right? Uh, because the, the period of time that we have to sleep, and, and I, I, again, in that same book that I read, right, talk about uh, allowing, allowing your mind, uh, allowing your sleep to go into REM, right? Rapid eye, uh, rapid eye movement or something like that, right? So, so for you to actually go into that state where you are in uh, total rest, uh, that you actually get uh, allow your brain to reboot or to re- allow your re- your brain to recharge and not just your brain but your entire body actually because your brain is the the central control system right if your brain is tired the rest of your body is tired right so if you allow your your brain to recharge then the rest of your body kind of like oh follows suit to a certain extent and I think like what Kenneth mentioned about putting new 
good nutrition into your body. Right, so coca is a local brand. Coca is Singapore made, <laughs> which is why I, I, I heard from a, a little bird, uh, a friend actually told me that when, when we were in Circuit Breaker and there, was no, there wasn't a lot of um, things being imported in Singapore, actually our government did apparently approach coca to say, are you ready to prepare to, to you know, sustain our, our economy and sustain our, our people in case we, don't, we really run out of food? We will have to rely on you to produce uh, enough like carbohydrates and stuff for 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 our citizens now, yeah. So 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 thank you, Coca. <laughs> right, we're not here to slam you, but I think what we are trying to say. I love Coca. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love Coca. Right? Yeah, I think. But I think yeah. what we are trying to say is really just have 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 that that proportion of nutrition, and when we talk about nutrition, it isn't just about physical nutrition like food and and air and water and sleep. Right, all those are important, but even nutrition in terms of like, I think what Kenneth mentioned earlier on in the in the conversation about that that mental nutrition and that emotional nutrition to have that that one trusted person, whether it's a significant adult or a friend that you can you can share share with, right? Um, <clears throat> and if you are that friend that your friend shares with you, that means they trust you. Uh, it's also a, it's also being able to have that wisdom and the discernment to actually tell your friend. I, I would really love to help you. I really want to support you. I just don't know if I have the means, right? Is it okay if I share this with a teacher or with an adult? Uh, of course, with your friend's permission. If your friend says, no, 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 don't, don't, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone, and they get scared, right? Uh, is to reassure them, no, then I won't tell anyone because I don't have your permission to tell. Um, but I really don't know. At this point, I don't know how I'm going to help you. So to be really honest as well to say, I don't have the knowledge or I don't have the experience to support you in this area. But what I can do is to support you by listening to you and being fully present. Sometimes it gets really uncomfortable and that's, this is the part about holding space as well. Uh, so I think our youth, this is one of the skill sets that you probably will get in touch more with about this concept of holding space. Whether you do, whether you're doing it now and you don't know that you're doing it, great. <laughs> Unconscious competency. Uh, or you... Uh, you don't you want to do it, but you don't know how to do it. So, this is a this is just an intermission at this point, right? Is to sell koyo a bit, uh. Uh, Those people that we are talking about today, like the teachers, the parents, the students, if at any point in time you feel that you need help and you need support, right? To whether for you to decompress, that means you just need to call someone or just speak to someone to decompress, <clears throat> or you find that you want to have strategies to help other people. Right, uh, please approach us. I think I think Kenneth and myself, we have been in this line long enough and, and really interacted with enough students, teachers, and parents to, to really want to support any of you, right? Whether with payment, no payment, you know, we can discuss all those. So take the financial bit out of the equation first and just look at it from, from that perspective of I want to help myself because I want to help others, right? I want to help myself become better uh, emotionally, mentally, because I'm going to be a teacher in a classroom. I'm going to have to help 40 kids. Right? I want to help myself because I have two kids at home. I'm a parent. Or I want to help myself because uh, I, I, I want to help my friends down the road, you know? Uh, or, it, or it could be super selfish and say, I just want to help myself and full stop. And that's perfectly okay. I think Kenneth and myself, if I, if I can speak on his behalf, right? it's really, we, we know 
for a fact and from experience that if if you can help you can help yourself understand these like how to take care of yourself how to have yourself psychologically well and you know if you want to help other people it is for the good for the greater good for our community at large so just just go yoke right like like really reach out to us we are not talking about the financials bit at this point but really just how can we support you mentally emotionally uh through through whatever experiences that you're going through now especially if you're going through certain difficulties or certain challenges that you find that's overwhelming for you right and if you don't know if it's overwhelming yet you find that uh, maybe it's too trivial, la, nothing one, I know it will pass one. But it is affecting you, like affecting you fun- to function on a daily basis. Like there are moments where you spark off and you <gasps> you just raise your voice and scream at people, right? And you're like, what 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 just happened? Right. If you have those moments, already start having conversations, whether with someone you trust or you could just approach any of us. Right. So so uh Kenneth's page is the pomegranates, you could approach him there. Or you can just approach me from Chrysalis page. Or you can approach anyone from anywhere and then we'll refer you accordingly. Right? If if we find that, oh, this, no, this is not something that's up my alley, then I'll refer to Kenneth. Kenneth finds it's not something up his alley, he'll refer to me. Uh, and even beyond, that means we will also share with our network and our circle, not just between the two of us. Right? So this is just a little shout out for those of us who might be listening in and find that I I I, I also need some support or help, whichever way. Right. So the last group of people, which is also really crucial, right, is the parents. And I hear this very often, right? Uh, coming from students as well as staff. <laughs> right. The, the students will be the one like, like my mommy and my daddy, yeah, uh, say I must do it like that, you know, or, or I, I cannot do it like that. You know, I I if I choose to do this, I uh, cannot one, cannot one. Then I but I really like it. I really like music, I really like art. And that's giving me a lot of pressure and stress because I want to prove them wrong. But at the same time, I, I, in the midst of doing that, I seem to be proving them right that my academics are not so strong. So that adds on to my stress. Right? And then I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like you know, nothing I do can get their attention or can get their affection. So that's, that's from the student's perspective, right? From the educator's or the staff's perspective, right? It's like the, wow, I tried to talk to this parent. Uh. Then the parents say, nothing wrong, never mind. Let's leave it. It's a, it's a developmental phase. My child will outgrow it. And, and, then, the, and then sometimes the staff gets scolded. Right? Why are you biased? Is it against my child? Why are you always picking on my child? You know, that kind of thing. And then the, the staff is like, well, I'm trying to help. Right? So, so parents are again nothing against you you also have your challenges if you are listening in we we empathize because you might be facing something at work and we spoke about it in the last session about how the workplace might have impacted you know whoever that is working um but yeah parents you do play a really huge role so i guess we also need to talk about how do you care for yourself so that you can care for your kids and you know perhaps also then empathize a bit more with the educators lah Right. So, Kenneth, your experience with parents? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I do have quite a few parents coming to me for counselling. Uh, so, I think what we want to realise is that um, we need to work with the teachers and not to work against the teachers. Uh, I, th- I think that there should be this mindset change where when a teacher, when a teacher calls a parent, it's usually not about complaining, right? It's about giving feedback, uh, giving uh, 
or rather updating the parent on what is going on in school with this kid right yeah so the kid may have done something which is something which is not too good may have failed a subject may have got himself or herself into trouble but i think it's necessary for the teachers to actually keep the parents update on such such uh, things because i think no matter what the parents would be the primary caregiver right and parents being parents they will also probably want to know what is happening to my kid in school so I think it's not about having uh, uh, it's not about complaining when a teacher were to call a parent, right? I think we we need to we need to learn how to collaborate between parents and teachers, right? Yeah. So the collaboration is important, and I do have uh, parents coming to me telling me that you know things get uh, much easier when they work with teachers. Right, rather than to feel that you know when teachers call us, uh, nothing good. I don't like to. I don't like to uh, 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 receive calls from teachers. Right? Ah, another complaint. Ah, see, they are always against my child. Right? I think it's not so much of that, but uh, from experience, I think any parents who have worked with teachers, right, closely, right, uh, it does seem like there is that there, there will be some kind of improvement for the child and the child tends to be psychologically better as well right and the child will be able to cope better as well because now it's not about teachers against parents or parents against against teachers so the child in some ways cannot ma manipulate anymore so if that is if the child is manipulating okay <laughs> right yeah so if let's say teachers and, and parents work together to help a child right a, a teacher can actually speak on behalf of the parent to see uh, to the child what you know what the parents are actually thinking or the parents can actually speak on behalf of the teachers to see oh you know actually your teacher is trying to do this so let's not go against her and also if parents and teachers speak for each other it actually helps the child a lot more than to say that you know you teacher you call me you know, it's because of my child. And then when parents call the teachers, I know you're trying to try, try to complain about what I'm doing in school, isn't it? <laughs> so when you have that kind of uh, uh, working against each other kind of mindset, then the child ultimately is the one that's going to be at a disadvantage. Not you, not the teacher, not the parent. It is going, th that disadvantage is going to fall on the child, right? Mm. So I think one big way that uh, how how parents can actually care for themselves is to work with the teachers. Because once you work with the teachers and the teacher, teachers work together with the, 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 the parents, the child becomes easier to manage. And you yourself becomes much lighter in that sense. You don't feel that the whole burden is on you, right? Mm. Yeah, so you feel that you're supported by the school. You feel that you're supported by the teachers. And I think this is one great way to, to care for yourself. Right, to understand that, hey, you are not alone in this journey. The school and the teachers are trying to help to nurture the, 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 your child. Right? Yeah, so I think that's one, one important thing. Now, back at home, uh, of course, I understand that, you know, Michelle, I think our, our next topic is about families, isn't it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm not going to touch really so much about uh, what we can do as a family. But I mean, back at home, uh, to care for yourself is to understand that when your kid is at home he or she is at home so create that home space for the child 
and not for the child to come back to another school, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So I've got this uh this boy, uh, who would tell his mom right in his conversations uh, with his mom that mom stop being a teacher, be my mom, don't be my teacher. Can you be my mom? But I I thought that is a very strong statement. I think the child is calling out to his mom that can you treat me? Can you love me like? Your child and not treat me like any other teachers. That how teachers would, would, would score their students and to mm. you know force their students uh, their students to do work and whatnot. So I come back home, I face another teacher at home, right? So I think when the child comes home, the child needs to have that safe space to be in the family, to be with the family. Likewise, if the parents start to nag at him or her with regards to what's going, what's happening in school, have you finished your work? Have you done your, your revision? Have you blah, blah, blah? Everything's just around school again. Your child is not going to like it. You are not going to like hit their responses. And how is that taking care of yourself? You are not mm. too, right? So I think one way to care for ourselves is to actually understand that when a child comes home, let us play the parental role. Let us continue to love the child. We can support the child in their learning in school. But let us play a, 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 a bigger role in parenting, right? Mm. To support them in, in academic subjects, in academic work. That's just one area. How about other areas? How about developing the child's interest? How about developing the interaction between, uh, between parents and child? How about mm. building that bridge between parents and child so that that bridge can actually connect parents to children more so that children would listen to you more, would trust you more as an adult, so that when he or she runs into problems, he or she will come to you as a parent. Hmm. Right? Rather than rather than seeking other people for support. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when a child comes to you, you feel great about it. That's one way, one great way to care for yourself, in fact, because it makes you less stressful. Hmm. So once that that bridge between you and your child is not there let's not talk about har harmony in, in, at home because there will no there will never be any harmony and when there's mm. no harmony between you and your child there's no care about yourself in fact you will feel very stressed out your children will feel very stressed out and that stress spills over to the school's context the teachers get stressed out because their children acts out or acts up in school Mm. You see? Right. So ultimately, if we again, if you go if we fall back to the ecological systems perspective, right, every single system will affect each other so closely, right, that we need to be very mindful about what we are doing as well as parents. Are we caring out are we caring for ourselves? Right. So those are some ways, yeah, in terms of how we can deal with relationships. But what about ourselves as parents, right? Don't make your child the focus. How do you care for yourself? Go out on dates with your husband or your wife again. That's how you should care for yourself as well. Don't, don't focus just on your child. Focus mm -hmm. also on your neglected <coughs> couple relationship that you once, that you once uh, enjoy even before mm -hmm. the child comes, comes into your life. Right? So what about that couple relationship that you yearn to have? Right, that me time with your with your husband or wife alone. Build on that again. That's again one way you care for yourself. Right? What about 
you as a parent going for yoga, going for again back to how teachers should care for themselves. Because I think a lot of teachers are themselves parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So again, you know, doing things that you like, um, don't uh, keep surround yourself, surrounding yourself with just your child and academic subjects and work and and school and and whatnot. Give yourself that space, give yourself that compassion, empathy, space and time to recuperate, to rejuvenate, right? So that you can walk a longer path, so that you can walk longer, uh, further with your child. If not, you are going to feel very burnt out because your child is not responding to you, because the bridge is not there in the first place. Then it, it, it stresses everybody out. Uh, in that sense, everybody's going to get stressed out. No one is again. No one's going to win. Mm. Everyone's going to act up. Everyone's going to feel annoyed. Everyone's going to feel irritable, yeah. right? So care for yourself as a parent is important as well. On that, in that aspect, yeah. yeah. Back to you. Thanks. I think that that's a wonderful way to to describe, right? Because parents, you are also humans. Right, parents, you you you're also a human being, lah. You you have emotions, you have your stresses, you have your challenges. So so you're not, and I think a lot of parents tend to do this, right? Because they are such, I mean, <sighs> they are bestowed with a child because they also have a have 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 a big enough heart, lah, to a certain extent, right? To to then encompass another life in 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 their in their in their journey through life. So so the thing is, in it when you have another, like you have a child. To take care of, um, a lot of times we forget about ourselves, right? We forget that we are also human. We tend to become like this superhuman overnight, right? We work, then come back home, do housework, then I just do take care of the child, and then after that, if the child sleeps, like Jenna, we were saying, right? The child sleeps like four hours, really not enough. Can you imagine how how much sleep the parent gets? But yeah, because you want to kind of like make sure your child goes to sleep, and then for those parents who say, "I don't care lah, I just sleep on my own first, right? You cannot have you you also won't have a restful sleep because your mind is kind of like still on. Hey, my child sleep already or not? My child sleep already or not? So you won't actually be able to sleep through the night restfully, uh, and therefore again, as what we mentioned earlier on, like if your if your brain is not taken care of to give that enough rest, then the rest of your body starts to break down as well, right? And then this thing called burnout will happen lah, right, at some point. And then when you when you burn out, emotionally you get easily triggered and then it affects your relationship with the people around you, including your child. And then basically it just keeps going down this rabbit hole right, and spiraling downwards. So I think parents just have to remember that you're also human. Uh, as much as I think sometimes teachers do add on to the stress to tell you that you know your child's not doing well in school, you know parents could you please you know support us by by making sure that your child does their schoolwork, you know catching up with them, blah blah blah. So to you, it's like oh no, after work I come back, I need to make sure my child does their schoolwork as well. So I know it's it's like a cyclical right now. We are talking about like this this I think what um uh, Kenneth mentioned about this ecological system that all all three parties kind of sit within. So if I if I use this same system and just paint a picture just to end off the session today, right? Just imagine uh you are a terrarium, <laughs> right? And then the child, right, is that seed or that plant that you planted, right? Then one of the parties, I, I you can decide whoever it can be the parent, it can be a teacher, is the soil, right? And then the other party is the air in the terrarium, right? All these kind of like interact with each other. Of course, there are other factors like the sunlight coming in. Right, uh, or, or perhaps it, it could be rainy, cloudy sky. That one you cannot control, really cannot control. Right. But you the things within the terrarium itself is kind of like controllable. It's a it's an ecosystem on its own. So the question is how would the air 
<clears throat> want to interact with the soil and the soil want to interact with the air so that the plant grows. And if both parties, whether it's the, the, the teacher or the, the parent, acknowledges that we are all human, there are moments where we will falter, we will fail, there'll be moments where we just really are not strong enough, we will crumble because of our own challenges in our lives. Um, ultimately, how can we support each other so that we, we eventually support the child, so that the, plant, the little plant grows, right? So I think one of the key things is, I think what Kenneth mentioned is to don't, don't be like a hero la, in that sense, right? To say that, you know, uh, my, the child is mine, I will take care of the child by myself. You know, be, be, be okay to tell the teacher that I'm struggling, you know, or at least this period of time is crucial period of time in my business or in my company because it's accounting period. Right. So this period of time, I really got no bandwidth or no time to take care of my child. So then at that point in time, the teachers might say that, okay, so this period of time, we help you take care of your child a bit more. We help you monitor your child. Is it okay if your child stays back a few more hours? We will have, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have your child aside so that we can be the ones to help to make sure that the child does their work at least before we send them home. So there could be some form of arrangement being made. Vice versa, perhaps teachers also can share with the parents. Right. We are not here to make your make it like your child is the problem, um, but we are really concerned about your child. Uh, these are some of the patterns of behaviors that we are noticing, um, that our prior experience demonstrates, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, so that kind of like helps to put into perspective for the parents as well. So I think bottom line is, you know, how can we be psychologically well ourselves and I think everything that we talked about for the teachers you know how, how they keep well through sports through just taking a walk through shopping parents you can do the same right again uh, ultimately be again discerning of how we spend that time that we want because I do hear of uh, some other people sharing like that they have colleagues who are teachers and their teachers friends are perhaps like HODs head of departments and then the way that they self-care is they come home and they say, I want to take care of myself. Yeah, I want to, I want to have this wind-down period. I'm going to watch Netflix. Don't bother me. But at home, they have two kids of their own. right? And then the husband is the one kind of like taking over the, the work. And, and it's like, then, you know, then who's going to take care of the kids if you want to take care of yourself? So that's the other extreme of, of, of almost to a certain extent like neglecting your own children and I think there are there are quite a number of instances where sometimes we say that you know par uh, the the teach the parents who are teachers know how to take care of their kids better because they are teachers they are educators themselves in fact sometimes I think what we I, I personally notice I don't know about Kenneth uh, is that sometimes the parents who are teachers the kids are the ones who suffer more because the, the parents who are teachers already expended so much of their energy on the kids in school, that 40 students in the class, and they come home, they actually have not no more energy for their own kids. right? So if we can see it from that perspective and we can give a bit more empathy, a bit more compassion, a bit more kindness, right? Um, I think it's, it's, it's probably a lot easier to move and maneuver around the system and, and to, to support each other in how to compensate I don't really like to use this word, but lack of a better word at this point in time, compensate for each other. So at, at the end of the day, if the child is psychologically well, right, they grow up into psychologically well adults, that will then support us overall 
in in the future down the road because when we grow older which we all will <laughs> we were talking before the session started about how we would grow old and die one day right uh, we will need these young children now or young youths now to grow up into this psychologically well, well adults to take care of us so this this circle of life right is so important and when we come in the next session, when we talk about the family system and how psychological psychological well-being impacts or, or, or happens in the family, I think we're, we're going to just be able to round off all our sessions in, in that one session as well because parents go to work, how they are impacted in the workplace. Students go to school, how they are impacted in the schools. And then now how are they coming back into the families and interacting with each other? To have that psychological well-being for all for all involved, right? So so we cannot run away one, which is why we are having this conversation. It's it's really such a important conversation, uh, and and we want to run it in a series where it's like a, a, well about an hour each session, uh, so that's hopefully easier to swallow, easier to understand, and and start to realize actually how all of us impact each other, right? And it's really for the greater humanity, the greater good. Right. So with that, thank you very much, everyone who has joined us. I know some people have been popping in and out. I know people there are people who liked our video. Thank you so much for liking it. Uh, if you found that these videos have been helping you or have been giving you some insights and perspectives, even though we know we have not gone deep, because if we go deep, our uh, one hour not enough. Right. Um, we really we really appreciate your support. If you find that this like particularly maybe today's session was really useful because it touches you. Um, please do help to like and share the video so that more people can, can get to know about this, get to hear a little bit about it. And if, like I think for today's video, we were sharing a bit about how we would like to support anyone, whether you're a parent, you're a child, uh, you're an educator, or any anywhere around this, right? You might be an adult, but not married, right? You still have an impact in the workplace, right? <clears throat> so if you find that you need support and help and you find that this video can help you, please do share it. Um, and, and allow us to then also reach out and help other people. Right, so with that, thank you very much for joining us. Tune in to the next session in April where we will talk about psychological well-being in the families. Uh, and we hope that, you know, again, if you have any questions, do fire the questions our way so that we are able to have those questions to work with. Um, and we will have one last session in May where it's an Ask Me Anything uh, kind of session. Right. So if none of the questions that you give uh, kind of relates to the families, it could be related to the previous two, three episodes, um, then we will park it under the Ask Me Anything session and then we can respond to your questions then. All right. So with that, good night. Take care. Stay healthy. Stay well. Thanks, Kenneth, for joining Thank the you. session. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. See you again in the next session.